0: This week's podcast is sponsored by Sevenoaks Sound and Vision, one of the UK's most trusted independent hi-fi and AV specialists. For over 40 years, Seven Oaks has been providing excellent service, value and products for their customers. With Nationwide Outlets, go to ssav.com to find your nearest store. Hello and welcome to the Performance Podcast for Monday the 6th of November. And joining me on this edition, Assistant Editor Steve Withers. Give me strength. He said that was such feeling there. Audio review, Ed Selly. Your call is moderately important to us. And we got two marks on the podcast this week. Unbelievably, News Editor Mark Hodgkinson. Did he say marmalade? And special guest, Mark Portwright.
1: I'm not your honeypot,
0: I never was. He always picks the best quotes. Uh, the Grand Q... Grand Cure?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Martin. <that age>. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: the Grand Tour is back. Uh, the trailer dropped a couple of days ago. I sent it to everybody, whether you wanted it or not, I sent it to you uh, to have a look. Uh, I've got to say, first thing that stands out is the cinematography is still absolutely first class. They really know how to shoot a TV programme. The season two trailer is pretty epic. It uses uh, Paul McCartney and uh, Live and Let Die and it's uh, it's it's so well done. Whether you love or hate Clarkson and the gang um, it looks epic, it really does and I, I can't wait, so it's coming back 8th of December and all we need now is Top Gear to announce uh, when they're coming back for the second half of the year, I thought they would have been uh, here and gone by now.
2: I don't know. It, it, it's a movable feast, and it really depends on what else the BBC is doing at any given time. I mean, obviously, as I said to you when you sent me the video, I mean, this looks good. Uh, it's no MasterChef, the professionals. I've got to be clear on that. But you know, I'm nonetheless. I shall be. I, I've paid for another year of Amazon. I'm intrigued. I shall. I shall see see how it does. I'm um, one thing. I'm hoping that they 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 significantly step up on and i know this is a very personal thing is the use of music because top gear still remains exceptional for that um, and the first series the grunt so they they barely bothered uh, when i was mm. i thought that, that was detracted considerably from what they were doing.
0: I think so. a, I think a lot, Ed, is that BBC have really good deals in terms of uh, using people's music, in terms of you know requesting to use it and, and being given permission to use it and so on. Because they're such a huge corporation, because they do so many things, I think they've, they've got really good access to music libraries, whereas a production company for Amazon, they're going to struggle a little bit to get permission for a lot of things, I would imagine, and they're going to have to pay through the nose for it.
3: They probably blew their entire music budget getting the rights to use Live and Let Die in the trailer. <laughs>
2: Well, we'll That's see. Kind of uh, I mean, as I say, it's it's not you know it's not uh, life or death or live and die, but it's um, yeah I you know it 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 significantly alters the, uh, the 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 scope of the program. So I you know I, I hope that they have just stepped it up a little bit for this season. Uh,
0: so yeah, like I say, Top Gear should be coming back as well because I know that they filmed all their segments for the next. It could be that if they're coming out December, we could get Top Gear in January I don't think they'll run at the same yeah, time they won't go head to head I wouldn't oh, have yeah. thought they would want to do that although you never know be interesting uh, Right, okay moving on Current competitions what can we win mr borry
1: uh you can win a copy of Batman versus two face on DVD and that one runs till the 8th of November or a dream screen smart backlighting kit and that one runs a bit longer till 13th of December okay cool and our previous competition winners okay guzo won Transformers the last night on DVD Iron Giant won Churchill on Blu-ray, Donnie won a BenQ W1050 1080p DLP projector, and Martin165 won the Focal Sib Evo 5.1.2 Dolby Atmos speaker system. It's
2: good. There's some long-standing long, long standing members in, in, uh, in amongst yeah, those, right, so those winners. Yeah. So uh, c- congrats to you, chaps. I'm assuming you're chaps. I've always assumed that someone <laughs> called exactly Iron Giant something. who sci- signs his post off Dave is a bloke, but, you know... <laughs> in these in these exciting times I, I may be overstepping my 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 boundaries there so uh, and uh,
0: we discussed the, the 20000 uh, pound home cinema room uh, you could win that it was uh, i think it was 5 pounds to enter and we can announce the winner well the, the winner has been announced on the forums but if you're not aware it was james finney who again is a long standing forums member and he's won that fantastic prize and hopefully james is going to set up a thread and take us through the whole transformation uh, w- set up you, like buying a record player, a chair, and uh, yeah, done. Well, yes, I, I don't think give I think somebody, address, James, <laughs> I think somebody did post uh, a set of speaker cables that were nineteen thousand
2: nine hundred
0: ninety-five pounds. <laughs> Bargain. Uh, so congratulations to James. Well done on winning that. That is a fantastic prize, and thanks to Multi Room Media for running that competition. Uh, superb prize to win there, and we'll look forward to the thread and the photographs and so on with that. So moving on. Hardware news and uh, Apple TV 4K. Steve really liked it, but there were a few issues, Steve. I understand that Apple have now taken those on board and issued some fixes.
3: Yeah, they have. They've been actually surprisingly quick in responding to this. Now, this uh, software is currently in beta form, so it hasn't been released yet. Um, But the new iOS TV software, which is currently with developers, so that's what we know about this, um, will have options now where you can select HDR output to match content. And also, and this is great news as well. Frame rate to match content. So, what it means now is that unlike before, where the Apple TV was putting out, say, your TV supported HDR, it was outputting everything as if it was HDR, even if it wasn't. Now, it will only put output HDR if it's if it is HDR, and then it'll output SDR as SDR. But also, it'll output the correct frame rate. So, if it's twenty four p, it'll output twenty four p. If it's fifty p or twenty five p, it'll output that, etc. So, that's actually two two of the main two. Those were my two main complaints about the, about the Apple TV. Actually, so with those fixed um it's an even better product and um you know all it needs now is a few more apps i'd like to see the amazon um app get, get on, on quickly i know it's coming but that would be good get that on board and also add the dolby atmos support which is also in the works and
4: um i think the apple tv becomes a, a bloody good box i tell you what it's tempting me to buy one now <laughs> yeah but yeah no i really am I, i'm thinking well, oh, god if it does all that automatic i don't have to delve into settings like I do on my Shield. and for, for the streaming apps, I think I might, I might be in. So uh, yeah, once once the uh, it's actually out in the ma- in the wild the update, I think I'll be uh, I'll be I'll be purchasing one of these.
0: Steve, what's uh, what? iTunes UK like for uh, 4K HDR movies?
3: It's not it's nowhere near as good as as the US at the moment. Um, there's a couple of studios missing that are in the states. I think like Sony, for example. Um, I'm sure they will come to the UK. It'll just take time. I mean, we've always had this complaint about the Apple TV, which is it is very US centric. Uh, and the best service is currently available on the US. But these things will trickle down to the UK over time. Um, the only studio I think that isn't doing 4K on either the US or UK service is Disney at the moment. But again, I'm sure that will come. Um, but I have seen reports of um, every now and then something that's available in 4K, then something that's not available in 4K, then it's available in 4K. I guess he's just teething problems. You know, they, they launched a, a surprising package in the sense that they gave people free upgrades to 4K on content they'd already bought at 1080p. Um, and I, I think, you know, ultimately it'll be fine. It's just going to take a bit of time. But uh, I will do a, you know, once they have done the new um, firmware update, I will go in and double check it and add a few things to the review just to reflect the the changes that have been made. But um, I, I think it's heading in the right direction. And uh, as Mark says, you know, I think it's fast
4: becoming a, a really impressive piece of kit. So what we should say is that the developers, have to, the app developers have to support these changes. Make, yes, make that's all... true. So, uh, yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to wait and see who actually takes them up on these um, these features. But uh, let's hope it's
1: widespread. Isn't the pricing for their 4K films the same as the 1080p yeah, now? Is. Yeah, it is, yeah. Which so is... Basically,
3: I mean, it's the cheapest way of getting hold of 4K content there is. So, well. so, what, what is the price? Easy. I think it's like 12, $12.99, 1499, Basically what you'd pay for a Blu-ray. But you get 4K stream as well.
1: Uh, it's getting
3: there. So, cause, yeah, if you look at... An ultra HD Blu-ray you're looking at twenty four ninety nine average price I guess initially at least uh so it's uh, significantly cheaper it's about 10 quid less basically than buying the disc and a lot of the stuff is available with Dolby Atmos which isn't necessarily the case on the discs at the moment
1: so so you're seeing a case where streaming is actually slightly ahead of a physical medium for once.
3: not necessarily I have um it's um Yes, if you've got things like Dolby Vision, obviously metadata does does improve the quality because, it, particularly when things like streaming or less capable displays, because you know it's doing it on a scene by scene basis. But uh, obviously the disc is at a much higher bit rate, and that can make a big difference too. So um, you know it's not it's not that, that one's necessarily better than the other. It's just uh, one's cheaper and more convenient, I think. It's not full fat Dolby Atmos either, is it? No, not, no, it's not lossless Dolby Atmos. It's going to be Dolby Digital Plus delivery. Yeah. Um, Yeah, But when you consider what you can get for for like 15 quid, it is quite impressive. Yeah,
0: Yeah, so once it's down to 5 I'll buy in. (laughs) Yeah, typical Scotsman. Uh, Hodge, anything else in terms of uh, media players that's worth looking at at the minute?
4: Well, there's there's quite a lot at the minute. Um, Obviously, the Fire TV 3 came out a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I put a review up just as it came out that's it's it's like a cheaper version of the apple tv really it's it's significantly cheaper it's 69.99 and supports 4k and hdr from uh netflix amazon youtube and even the, the iplayer beta has got has got the hlg trials in it uh it doesn't and never will i have fairly certain insane support um resolution switching but although it does it it doesn't have any problem at least if you plug it direct into a tv switching between hdr and sdr uh, i have read reports on certain av receivers that it does have problems with that and and sometimes just gets locked into one of the modes needing a reboot but it's a, it's a really good value little streamer um it, it, it does most things you want what it what i would say is it's a downgrade on the um, fire tv 2 in some ways, it's less powerful uh, ignoring the HDR aspect of things that is, uh, it's not as good for local media playback, in fact it's quite poor, really, comparatively um, it's, it's, it doesn't even seem to have a 24 hertz mode for, for films and TV shows uh, used to, on the Fire TV 2 you can actually unlock it with a, a remote control sort of code and, and the various apps do take uh, take advantage of that but in Kodi, particularly in SPMNC. and um, but it doesn't even seem to be that mode in there for some, for whatever reason, because the chipset's definitely capable. Um, but if, if you're looking for a basic streamer for those kind of services, it's really good value. And I've just got the, uh, Roku streaming stick plus, and it, like literally yesterday. Um, so <laughs> very early impressions, but that, that's for my money. And it's 10 pounds more than the, um, fire TV three at seventy nine ninety nine. Uh, it, that's even better for me. Uh, it's got a very simple uh, interface. It basically, it's all the apps are sandboxed from one another. It's just like using your mobile phone. Choose Netflix loads, you know. Um, there seems to be no issue with it. It supports all the same things as the Fire TV 3+. Plus. You get Now TV and you get Google um, movies and TV shows. So it's, it's better supported in terms of the mainstream apps. It's... Um, it's yeah, it's shaping up to be a, a great little device. I've I've, I've I've literally used it for a couple of hours, so it's, I'm not ready to review it. But it, my early thoughts would I'd spend the extra tenner over the if, over the Fire TV Three if that's the market I was in.
0: Okay, and we'll get that review before twenty eighteen yeah?
4: You'll get that review next week. <laughs>
0: All right, so looking forward to that, and uh, you know the media box market certainly is uh, it's moving on a pace, and uh, you know there's plenty of choice there for people to make uh, their choices whether you want 4K HDR Dolby Vision and all the rest of it. Um, it's just a shame that one box doesn't do them all
4: at right the minute. Roku gets as close as anything, I would say, but not quite there because it,
0: it doesn't do Kodi. I guess for a lot of people that wouldn't be a, a, such a big issue. No, no, no,
4: for the majority of people. I, I know our audience, you know, the AV forums members are interested in, in local and network media playback. Uh, there's, there's obviously a big following for that, uh, which the Roku. It, you, can, you can run Plex, a Plex client on it when it runs perfectly nicely. But it has done in previous generations, so I see no reason why it wouldn't on this. But yeah, uh, in terms of a, the, the Roku, your mum could use it, your grand could use it, your kids could use it. The Fire TV, it's a bit bloated. The interface, a little bit overcomplicated. a bit too much pushing Amazon content at you. Um, this, the the rock is just dead simple.
1: I really don't think my mum could use it. She could. My mum can. She, my mum calls um, Freeview TV the landline. <laughs> <laughs> still, I still think she could. Does she have
4: a, like a, 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 an up to date smartphone?
1: She doesn't use the Dyson Hoover. <laughs> Why? Too complicated. Well, it's got a button to, to to open the bottom of it, and she gets a bit confused. <laughs> okay. Maybe not your mum, but most people's no. mum's good. Do you not find, though, that
2: everyone... By the time that you're, you're dealing with uh, parents or relatives who are in their 60s or something, that there are things that they find inexplicably complex, but other things which you never think in a million years they would have any proficiency at, they are weirdly capable at doing. I'll do some examples. Well, for example... um uh not too long ago my parents were having uh significant uh wireless channel conflict issues with um one of the houses nearby and i think my dad's solution was to sort of shout at it <laughs> which <laughs> did that obviously work? didn't did, as you might expect wasn't terribly successful so you know i mean mum just sort of sat down potted through the uh potted through the uh administration pages of the router and 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 selected selected a different channel and that was all well and all well and good um if i send her a picture message no that's that's not going to happen that's uh, for whatever reason she's decided that her phone doesn't want picture messages so it's like just send it to me by an email it's like okay whatever but so yeah it's it i i just find that there's there's weird if you like there's a weird sort of inconsistency certainly with my parents about things that they can do and things that they can't so uh,
4: yes, how did they discover the uh, the Wi-Fi channel clash?
2: Um, I suggested that, that might be the case, uh, right. um, and but I didn't. I I said, look, just wait, and I you know because I was coming down the next couple of days, I was like I'll I'll have a look at it then. But no, I'm cracked on, got it squared away. Top bollock.
1: The problem is they were a lot of them. Their first kind of um, image of technology in kind of an AV terms was like um really heavy duty VCRs and CRT TVs that you could still hit you know you could take out your frustration on them and (laughs) things things have become a little bit more um delicate now you know I do kind of miss the days when you could just kind of hit the side of a CRT TV and and you'd know that it'd be fine As, as a
0: seven year old six seven year old you held great power in your hands if you'd figured out how to set the VCR to record at certain exactly. times, you exactly you had the keys to the biscuit uh, box. If you could do that,
4: that's basically when I took over the technology side of our house. Age eight, when we got a VCR, and I was the only one that could work out the timer programming. That's where it all started.
2: Oh, you see, my dad went all in on Video Plus.
0: Oh, yeah, video but, plus. was that the one with the pen that read the barcode? Because um, we, we got, no, no, we got no, one we that had the pen and it and it read the barcode. So if you wanted to set it for eight o'clock, you just set the pen and you you scanned the barcode for eight o'clock and it just set it up. Oh. Uh, that ruined my life. That did.
2: We didn't have anything that sophisticated. Yeah, that's you just, just thumped in thumped in the thirty-eight digit number and away it went. You know.
0: That was a
4: relatively recent sort of invention. There wasn't it? that. That wasn't in the early days of VCRs. You didn't have a, that kind of luxury.
0: Well, um, no, our, our first uh, VCR no, didn't even have a remote control. It was it was wired. The remote.
4: Ours was wired, yeah, yeah, Mitsubishi. <laughs> Are you yeah, sure it wasn't back a few years? Our, ours was a
0: JVC, and then, we, funnily enough, we we went from VHS to Betamax because <laughs> we went from JVC to Sony, and then obviously had to go back to VHS again. But did you start with the top-loading machine? Yes, yeah, and it had the flashing light as well. Yeah, so if it. if the power tripped or whatever, then it, you know unless unless you were like me and could set the time, it just flashed all the time. Yeah,
1: I think every everyone has some kind of a device. I mean, the clocks have recently changed, and I'm sure everyone's got one device. They just figure, sod it, I'll just wait until they turn back again. Yeah, uh, our microwave
4: <laughs> is ridiculously complicated to set. That's the
1: thermostat, the uh, boiler
2: controls for me. Um, yeah. It's a simple 800 stage procedure, which you have to do. Um, Sort of com- com- buried in the corner of the airing cupboard. So do you know what? The heating comes on an hour earlier and finishes an hour earlier, but it doesn't. It, in a terraced house, it really doesn't matter. For so, for me,
0: it's uh, it's the CMS and the forums. So publishing anything to the forums now, now the clocks clocks have gone back. Uh, it's an hour out now when you publish anything.
2: Didn't that land us in a minor spot of bother? It did like
0: a little. Last, last year, um, there was an NDA news story. We published it at the right time, but because of this bug that still exists on the forums now, um, it looked like we'd have gone an hour early. Right.
2: Okay. Well, I look forward to that.
0: So, honestly, we didn't break any NDAs. But, yes. That's uh, all fun and games.
2: Uh, I mean, it must be said, changing the time in one of our cars. Changing the time is easy, but for whatever reason, it's like one of those whack-a-mole things. If you change the time... The date resets to the first of January two thousand. <laughs> you then set the date correctly, and the time then shifts by five which, minutes. Which controls this? The, this is the C Max. All right. You change the time, and it suddenly—it's basically you have to just press all the controls in just the right way for it to do it. I have now done it, and it's all good. In the same way that the the Fabia we got rid of, the uh, only my wife was able to do that. You needed basically the skills of a safe cracker because it was done on the um. You know, on the little push reset for the trip thing, you just had to sort of push it in a special way and then twist the end, <laughs> and yeah, not a chance.
0: So. Yeah, brilliant Ford for Bill quality. I mean, the Mustang has got Apple CarPlay, Android Auto, and all the rest of it. it doesn't it change the clock, or No, the
2: Fiesta <laughs> doesn't either. But it's only two buttons to change it, so I wasn't too fussed
0: about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it but took, took two seconds to do it, but it's just annoying that it can't talk to the phone and the phone say, "Oh, by the way, you know, it's now no longer British Summer Time."
2: It's not even that. Uh, I I mean I we've had cars twenty years ago that used to take it off the R D S radio feed and they can't do that either. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. So uh, you know, technology te- technology's seen. going backwards now. That's that's the yeah. problem. We're regressing. I mean, what happened to Concord? You know what I mean?
1: I thought you were gonna say Conkers. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were about to bring out the latest episode it, of uh, crash investigation.
0: It's probably the the only uh, thing that we'd still excel at after Brexit is playing Conkers. I don't like, know.
2: It- We'll have health and safety it into oblivion. We need to wear goggles these days anyway,
0: so... Oh, yeah. Forgot about that. And that yeah. wasn't Europe, people. That was actually us.
2: And, and the quality of our conkers has been critically affected by the uh, burrowing minor
0: moth. Yeah. Oh, blame Arthur Scargill, then.
2: loads around here.
0: Well, no, it's moving
2: northwards, so our conkers have already been crippled, Um, and you can look forward to yours being ruined in the next three to four years. <laughs> Where did it come from, this burrowing conkers? Foreigns. It came from the <laughs> forens. Come over here, taking our conkers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right ed let's talk talk about something called poly
2: yes um this is possibly the uh, uh in so much as this product has no uh exact comparisons to anything else on the market um so to the extent where we've had to keep sort of digital categories for end of year roundups deliberately vague to include this thing when they launched the poly called launched the poly in 2015 uh, right at the very start of the um of the process they show uh, John Franks, who runs Cord Electronics, showed a mock up of a thing that bolted onto um the end of the mojo and get you know, and they were a bit vague about what it was, so you know, because most of us fundamentally lack imagination, we're, oh, I'll be for Bluetooth, because you know, Hugo's got Bluetooth and Mojo doesn't. Fast forward to CES this year and the bolt-on was back, but this time it actually worked, and it was called Poly, and it wasn't just Bluetooth. It's got Bluetooth on it, but it did loads of things. Uh, it's a network-capable uh, server and renderer that can use its own content. It can access other people's content. And uh, then there's AirPlay thrown in as well. And it's one of the peculiar ones where the Moto is £400 and the bolt-on is 500 and I've now spent... Uh, well, I actually, I've spent a, a quite a bit of time with it for reasons that are you know long and involved. I've had, had one for quite a while. And uh, it's one of those things. Chord is absolutely adamant that this is a competitive product to a portable audio player. Like the Pioneer that we've looked at, like the Sonys we've looked at. My considered response to that is that it simply isn't as it stands it's too complicated to operate in a truly portable and truly mobile environment but if you have a mojo and you think oh, i'd like to start you know assembling a proper system poly will turn it into a truly outstanding um media server uh, and streamer uh, and alternatively, if you are in a position where you move from place to place, but you can join a wireless network when you get there, then it starts to make extremely good sense and it works extremely well. Um, it's not a no brainer purchase. I mean, this is sort of covered in the review as well, but it is extremely clever. And for a number of people it's one of those things where you probably didn't know you needed it until you read about it but it might just be exactly the thing that you 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 should be after so have a look at it and see what you think and if you already own a mojo so you've already got sort of half the sunk cost there it might be exactly the thing that you and the product you need this year even though we
1: can't adequately define exactly what it is so they kind of selling it as on the basis of more as a kind of portable media player, because can't you play it off um, SD cards, that kind yes, of thing? Yes, you
2: can, but if you look at it, you'll notice that it has no display, and the only controls on it are the three buttons on the Mojo, so volume up, volume
1: down and power off. That was what so, I was going to ask, because I know that they, it, it'll cut down... You can uh, do without the wires between the phone and the Mojo, then. Say. This
0: is
2: true, but you need to join the Mojo's hotspot and and essentially tap it over UPnP, and to start playing it now the mojo's hotspot is pretty stable and that's not the that's not the problem such as it such as this this any of this can be described as a problem what my issue stems from is if you are connected to the hotspot you can't um you, you know you if you then go want well, to have a look at the av forums or twitter or whatever for mo for the most part you need to disengage from the hotspot re reattach to 3g or 4g and then you know surf the web as normal if you then suddenly need to change tracks or change album you then need to rejoin the hotspot re-establish communication and then do run the necessary selections before disengaging
1: again and so is that through an is that through an, an app you control you'll, you'll be the controlling moment, the mojo
2: yes at the moment there are there's it's third-party apps Control only. Cord says that there is um, a dedicated app on the way, but as far I don't know if that switches over to Bluetooth as a control point, then that would be absolutely fantastic and would would nullify this problem, and I would be happy to reconsider my opinion about its its suitability as a portable audio product. But for the moment, whilst you're having to connect to its UPnP, connect over UPnP via its hotspot, it's just there are there is a good reason why most portable audio players have a display and controls of their own put it like that so it's but if you conversely if you are the sort of person that turns up to work and you listen to music there and your own computer has been like heavily locked down then it's ideal because it, it can sit on you know any wireless networks that, that's there without the same issues at all it's not doing anything you know it's not actually drawing a huge amount of data or needing a particularly fast connection. It just simply needs to be present on a, on a network, and then you know, it's it, controlling it is is comparatively simple. So I mean, that's where I think it comes into its own. But um, yeah, I think it's a very cool product. There is an element that it's not going to be a must-have purchase for every existing Mojo owner, but I think Cord accept that anyway.
0: And, of course, I can read the review on the forums, Ed, uh, because yes. the review's now up, and it, it should still be there on the homepage when you listen to this podcast. So to wrap up on hardware, because we're way over time, is uh, Steve is going to do a really quick uh, hands-on with the X4400H from Denon, which is their AVR.
3: Yeah, I've got the new mid-range AVR from Denon, the 4400 h The H at the end means it supports the HEOS multi-room system. I've got to be honest, though. It's a great receiver, but if I compare it to the previous... Uh, x4300 it's difficult to work out how different it actually is there's obviously been a few minor uh tweaks here and there but basically if you look at it it looks exactly the same uh, the front panels exactly the same the remote control is exactly the same the menu system is exactly the same the connections at the rear are exactly the same uh in terms of the power outputs exactly the same supports all the same um sound formats
1: and the deals. price
3: ah <laughs> well you can get the 4300 currently for about 900 quid on where you get it and shop around, and the uh for 400 is being launched at actually it was launched at £1,499, but I notice uh all the retailers have dropped it straight away to £1,299, which was its original announced price. Um, pricing clearly has been affected somewhat by Brexit, um, and they uh they have moved some of their pricing up, so even the uh the X4300 actually is more expensive now than it was when I reviewed it back in April. So there's a clear price differential, there of at least 300 quid uh, between the two. And in actual fact, you know, it will be hard to justify that 300 quid. What you do get on the 4400 that you don't get on the 4300 is uh, you get it with Dolby Vision and HLG support out of the box, although they will be adding that via a firmware update quite soon to the 4300. You also get Oro 3D support out of the box now on the 4400, whereas with the 4300, you have to pay for that as an extra. Uh, and it will via a firmware update uh, at some point the 4400 will support enhanced uh, ARC, EARC which is one of the new features that's coming along uh, technically under HDMI 2.1 but it's one of those things that could be done via 2.0 depending on the, the chipset you use uh, so they will be adding that and what that means is you can actually send uh, lossless audio back via ARC which currently you can't do but like I say, not a massive difference and a lot of the things you know you might not necessarily want anyway so it, it's a strange one because it's it's a great receiver. And when I reviewed the 4300, that that got a Best Buy award at the time back in April because it was a cracking price and uh, and a great performer. This is equally as a good performer, but obviously it's a bit more expensive. So it's competing against not only itself in a way with the 4300, but also the competition. Um, but uh, it remains a really good receiver. I mean, I think Denon make bloody good AVRs. And uh, this is another example of a, a solid nine-channel, We'll, we'll do 11.2 if you add additional amplification to it. it supports Dolby Atmos, supports DTSX, supports Auro 3D. Uh, you know, It's a cracking uh, receiver. It does everything you could want it to do. Uh, and you know, if you're looking for a new one, and I guess you'll find that the 4300 is going to become less and less easy to get hold of anyway because it's going to gradually be you know, phased out as they bring in this, the new the model. Um, if you've got a 4300, stick with it. If you don't have one and you're looking for a new AVR, it's certainly worth considering. Um, as I say, it's a good performer and it has all the features you could possibly want, really.
0: What's the uh, the upgrade cost for adding Auro 3D to the 4300? It was uh, a couple of hundred quid. So you start to
3: see the price differential becomes um, a lot less at that point. Um, a lot, of, I mean, I don't know how much uptake there was in terms of people buying Auro 3D. I'm going to guess not much. Um, it's a nice thing to have, but I don't think you're going to use it a lot. I mean, there's very few films, almost none, that have it. There's a lot of audio CDs, audio Blu-rays, rather, that um, do have Auro 3D. Um, but uh, in terms of movies, it's it's still, you know, hardly any titles have used it so far. But uh, if it's something that you think you might be of interest to you, then, yeah, that does one reason for going for the 4400, because you get it straight out of the box. Um, but otherwise, the two receivers are extremely similar. They use the same DAX, for example. There, are, yeah, there have been minor tweaks here and there, uh, mostly software stuff relating to HEOS. But, uh, but actually, in terms of performance, they are pretty similar.
0: Okay, so that's the Denon X4400. And uh, like we say, we've got the Yamahas coming up. Probably they're not getting delivered just yet. They're delivered middle of the month. So we know by the end of the month uh, how they uh, square up to Denon's offerings. And I guess, you know, looking at the market these days, Steve, like you say, there's not a lot of differences between the two models. There. There's actually not a lot of difference between manufacturers these days because they're all... More or less hitting it out the ballpark. I don't think there's any bad AVRs out there at the minute.
3: No, I mean if you're looking to buy an AVR right now, it's a cracking time to be getting one because there's a good choice of really high-quality AVRs at a range of price points that should cater for just about every possible need you could imagine, and the performance is is uniformly good. I mean, you know, even the budget stuff delivers a really solid performance, and uh, I think you know if if you're still into your multi-channel audio and and you you, know, you want to get an AVR, now's the time to buy one.
0: Okay, uh, so that's AVRs. Let's move on. It's movie news next. Okay, so movie news. Ed, have uh, you been at the cinema? <laughs> of
2: course, I haven't been to the cinema. What on earth would I be doing that for?
0: No idea. I haven't been either. Uh, Steve, have you been? Nah, no, I haven't been. I think that's just because we've seen everything there is to see this was Yeah, there's nothing yeah. that was good coming out this week. Uh, well. Yeah. So is there anything good coming out this week?
3: Well, um, we've got only the brave, uh, which is a true story of firefighters battling a forest fire. Um, I'm, it's directed by the guy that directed Oblivion and uh, Tron, so he's doing something from real world for a change. Uh, uh, it's got a strong cast with um, Josh Brolin heading up the heading up the cast. Um, I'm sure it would be very patriotic and uh, flag-waving American piece about uh, brave firefighters. I guess it... has I mean, described it as a cross between Everest and, um, and Backdraft. And Everest was, was a bit a, grim. A heady so that's, a, <laughs> that's not selling it, really, is it? <laughs> it could be a bit grim. Um, but yeah, it should be quite exciting, if nothing else. And uh, it's, it's a bigger IMAX experience movie, apparently, so um, worth m-
0: out, m- Maybe this is one that we need to say to Ed's wife to I think yeah. uh,
2: actually she's quite up for this because it looks bleak as proverbial. <laughs> um so yeah, I will report back if she um uh if she, she comes back with a, a one word a one sentence enthusiastic review, you know, so we'll see what comes of it. You
0: know, can't say fairer than that, can I? No, that's that's good. And the other one coming out this week, Steve? Is
3: Paddington two. I can't believe it's been three years since Paddington, um which I have to say I, I thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, it's one of those films that I didn't like the look of in the trailers, but actually really liked when I saw it. Uh, and I actually probably am going to go and see this at the cinema <laughs> uh, on next week. No, no, sure. no, Laura, Laura wants to go and see it. But yes, it uh, looks quite funny in the trailers. I, I did think the first film was very good, um, very very clever and entertaining and quite witty. Uh, so I'm um, got to be looking forward
4: to this. Anyone I'm looking going to forward see it? to it too. I'm looking forward to it, but my kids don't want to go and see it, even though they enjoyed <laughs> the first one. I'm really annoyed. But I have to go on my own as well. But yeah, I, I like the look of it. I thought the first one was really funny we
2: we'll wear a big long mac? Yeah,
4: why not? We'll some wellies
0: <laughs> Oh no, duffel coat, isn't it?
4: A yeah, duffel coat, a hat
3: and wellies yeah. You'd be arrested on sight
0: <laughs> I don't know, that's, that seems to be high fashion up north <laughs>
2: We all dress like that
3: I <laughs> <laughs> people didn't wear coats up
0: north well, No, that's, you see, that's peculiar around Fails area no, no, Every, that, you Other see, northerners wear coats There's two norths There's, there's like the Northbourne Markets which is where most people in England think North is. The civilised North. And then you get north to, of Watford Gap. Yeah. Well, and then you get the North of Leeds, which is where nobody wears coats. Behind yeah, the wall. In the wall, yeah.
2: Um, you know, essentially, short, short of the day after tomorrow happening, and even then, in Sunderland, that would mean recourse to wearing a jumper.
0: I mean, <laughs> genuinely, it happens every year that there is a news headline on a newspaper which says, for God's sake, buy a coat. <laughs> I it has happened, uh, Steve. I, I think I'm going to pass on this one. I, I, f- oh, no. I found that I found the first one was was eh, it was enjoyable, but I can't see what they're going to do with the second one. It's it's one of these cases of it did surprisingly well. It made good box office, so hell, let's make another one. And because of that, I don't think it'll be very good.
3: So yes, I mean, it's, it's got potential. It could either be the Godfather Part Two of Paddington
0: movies, or it could be the you know <laughs> the
1: Weekend at Bernie's Two of Paddington movies. <laughs> <laughs> this time he's back to settle old scores <laughs>
4: <laughs> just when I think I'm out they give me more marmalade <laughs> they've got four seasons for a TV show so surely they can make two films yeah been a whole load of books
0: isn't that stuff. Oscar material right Blu-ray releases this week for people still buying Blu-rays
3: uh, quite a lot actually this week uh, if you do still buy Blu-rays so we've got Despicable Me 3 uh, which is available on Blu-ray 3D Blu-ray and Ultra HD 4K Blu-ray <laughs> I have not seen it yet, but I did quite enjoy the previous two, so I think I'll probably pick that up. Uh, we have got Westworld season one. Now that's available also on Blu-ray and Ultra HD Blu-ray. Uh, now I know Ed was a fan, and I thought the series was superb too. And I've got to say, I I'm,
2: thoroughly enjoyed it.
3: Tempted Absolutely to get this because it, it would it would bear repeat viewing, particularly in light of some of the plot twists in the in the series. Mm. And also, I should imagine it would look spectacular on 4K. Ultra HD Blu-ray with um, you know HDR and Dolby Atmos soundtrack as well, so that's something I'm, I'm tempted by. Got Bad Santa 2, so Bad Santa 2 actually came out of the cinema this time last year, um, obviously they bring it out on Blu-ray to tie in with uh, Christmas season coming around again.
0: Is, actually, is Christmas my, coming again?
3: Yeah, oh. to my eternal shame I uh, I bought this on Ultra HD Blu-ray um, a few months ago um, <laughs> and uh, it, it's not a great film, I have to shame. say. <laughs> is
1: it, still got, is it Billy Bob Thornton in it? Yes, it has. And How Kathy weird Bur- is he looking these days? Uh, why would he be looking weird? I don't know. He's just got a strange face these days. There's something <laughs>
3: about him. Yeah, he looks like he looks like Billy Bob Thornton. But uh, yeah, it's just... Um, whilst Bad Santa was quite a good movie, I quite enjoyed it. This one um, feels like a... Well, first of all, it's... Uh... Fourteen years since the bad, since Bad Santa. So, four, unlike you know, talk about taking their time. Fourteen years later, I don't think anyone's yeah, crying. Well, yeah, but, today, but
0: Blade Runner was thirty years later. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, it's uh, yes, it's it's sort of just more crude humour, but it lacks the heart of the original film. So, um, so it becomes um, slightly un- unpleasant, really. Uh, We've also got Sorcerer, which is William Freakin's film from 1977 that, uh, unfortunately for it, opened up just a week (laughs) before Star Wars did and got absolutely murdered and basically disappeared. And it became his lost masterpiece. And it's had a restoration and it's now been released. And apparently it's very good. It's a remake of Wages of Fear. Um, And uh, I've actually got that on order because I've I've always been curious about Sorcerer. And um, I quite fancy seeing it. So that's coming out on Blu-ray on Monday. You've also got Your Name, which is Japanese body swap. Uh, anime that uh, has had really, really good reviews. Uh, and again, I've got that on order because I quite fancy that. um think it's very good.
2: Japanese got... body swap anime. I think I went to see them support the Foo Fighters a couple of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: also, getting a, getting a first-time UK release on Blu-ray, a couple of classics, Maltese Falcon and The Big Sleep, um, both of which are absolutely superb. Um, definitely worth getting it if you don't already own. Um, they're coming out with Warners. They're, they're Warners premiere, so it's basically sold exclusively through HMV.
1: Is that just the, the exactly the same as the US release?
0: Yes,
3: yes, yes, it is. Yeah, should be. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think two absolutely brilliant... Yes, yes,
0: yes, yes, it is. Should be. <laughs> <laughs>
4: very, very political
0: answer. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, covering all angles there, Steve. You should have just said, yeah, 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 it should be, no.
3: <laughs> yeah, but no, but yeah, but no.
0: Yeah. Right, UHD Blu rays. What can we waste our money on? Uh,
3: well, as I mentioned already, Despicable Me 3 and Westworld Season 1 are getting 4K releases this week. Plus, also this week, uh, A Few Good Men, um, which I've got to say, I quite fancy because uh, I love the film. I think it's a great movie. Uh, and Sony have obviously done a, a 4K restoration of the original camera negative so uh, it should look really good as well uh, announced uh, coming out soon in December um, Kingsman the Golden Circle that's arriving I think it's the 12th of December so it would have been um, probably 11th of December in this country and also coming out on the 26th of December is American Made uh, that's coming out uh, just in time before, just after Christmas uh, so those are the announcements so far otherwise not much else of newsworthy uh, announcements in terms of Ultra HD Blu-ray at the moment
0: American Made is it something to do with Christmas? Like, is that why?
3: I don't know why they picked Boxing Day as a release date for American Made, but uh, yeah, it's the one about um, Tom Cruise film where he's uh, smuggling drugs. Yeah, with the CIA.
0: that's what I mean. Loads, loads, of white powder. I was just thinking if that was the tie-in.
3: it <laughs> would be a very tenuous tie-in.
0: Okay, so uh, sorry, Ed, do we born you? Sorry, no, I'm just once again uh, fighting
2: off a cat.
4: Literally, <laughs> quietly.
2: Yeah, I'm doing my best. I, I've just, whilst Steve's been saying that, I, I, I'm muted, and I've just had bloody cat ring piece in my face like the eye <laughs> of
1: Sauron. It's just been <laughs> unpleasant. Hope you don't let your cat walk through other people's cement.
2: Um, no, mine, mine don't do that. Uh, but but mark i'm sorry it's about it it is an unwritten rule that where cement is laid horizontally footprints will be placed within it that's or and if there are no cats available an errant child will draw a true a crudely drawn cock in it that i was going to draw the
1: cock in (laughs) it
0: (laughs) and the cats
2: ruined it Right, okay, fine. Oh, well, I'm, I'm bitterly disappointed for you because there is nothing, there is nothing more satisfying than pre- pre- preserving a, a, a giant, crudely drawn cock for immortality. You know, one for Time Team to ponder in, in the centuries to come. <laughs> <laughs> Do this have a religious meaning? Yes,
1: definitely. <laughs>
3: Does that mean the Rude Man of Cern is basically just a giant graffiti cock that someone You know drew? it is. Yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> <laughs> There's no fraternity aspect to it whatsoever. It was just some bored teenager
2: going, let's put... To draw a gigantic over. cock on the side of a hill.
0: <laughs> okay, so to wrap up, um, Stranger Things 2, we, <laughs> we've been hyping all about it. Uh, what did we think of it? Well, I'm only two episodes in. We're not going to have any spoilers on this. Um... I can't read,
3: believe you, who've been banging on about Stranger Things 2 for the entire year, have only watched
0: two episodes. Because I'm, I'm, I'm taking it, in, Steve. I'm letting it, I'm it. letting it wash over. I'm savoring. It. It's like a, it's like when you go for a good meal. You don't wolf it all down in one go.
1: I you, do, but that's because I've got a four-year-old. <laughs> you got to savor a good meal. You eat the fries first, then the zinger burger. Yeah. You making me hungry? Shut up. <laughs>
0: Uh, anyway I, I mean I'm only two episodes in but I'll, already I'm I'm hooked I, I'm enjoying it it's just that I haven't had the time to sit down and and, and get any further with it um, otherwise I would have had it watched by now it's just I've been really busy and like you Steve
3: uh, well no I just made time and, and also I was reviewing it so I had to watch it didn't I really <laughs> uh, and uh, having watched it actually I do agree with you slightly Phil which is that I, I felt quite sad at the end um, for a number of reasons but one of them was because it had finished you know, because I'd watched it all and it was going to be another year until the next season um, which apparently there will be another season. Um, they better be quick because those kids are growing fast. I'll tell you what, some of them grow up during this season uh, and look very different by the end. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was quite sad at the end because oh, I've watched it now. That, that's it. Uh, uh, also, its I'm not man enough to admit this. There, was a, there were a few moments at the end there where I was in tears. Uh, I think it's very emotional. I think, it's, I think actually it's better than the first season. I uh-huh. think it's a bigger story. It's... Um, it's, it's a more, a more emotional and, and I think the, the kids are absolutely superb in it. Um, there are a few, um, not issues but things that happened that you think, well, why is that character in it? Or one particular episode, episode 7, where you think okay, that really either didn't need to be there or they're setting up season 3 with it but um, but overall it was stocked, you know, loads of nostalgia again uh, they had uh, a good plot um, some quite good scares the effects budget is clearly a lot bigger and um, and uh, it sounded great. And one I thing it, it was One
0: thing that's really stood out for me, just two episodes in, is that the acting is so much better.
4: The is brilliant, I think. Yeah, really, really it great. is.
0: It's such an improvement in the acting, and uh, they're, they're all really good. Um, but but and again, without spoilers and all the rest, but I think one or two of them are really going to turn into real stars further down the line. Um, I think they've got that charisma. They've got that. That sparkle, that humour, um, so yeah, there's there's a few of them that I think the, the, you know they're, they're going to steal every scene that they're in. Basically, I think the acting's yeah. superb.
3: I think the quality of the writing is also really good, and I like the way that they've um, in in setting up season two. They've they've addressed certain aspects of season one and carried them forward. And, and 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 I'm talking about things like you know just dealing with the consequences of what happened in season one because obviously it was quite dramatic, uh, and also obviously. Um, death of certain characters that were perhaps not that well addressed in season one have been addressed more in season two I, I think partly in response to fans saying oh you know what about Barb basically <laughs> well, <laughs> she just disappears and no one gives the monkeys <laughs> um, so that that's quite good but uh, yeah no I, I think it was superb absolutely superb I, I thoroughly enjoyed it and I also discovered and um, if you, if you really, you know, at the end of it, you want more, then there's also Beyond Stranger Things, which is basically a series of half-hour roundtable discussions with the cast and crew about the series, which is really good too.
0: Yeah, they've been do, they have been do that with uh, Discovery as well at the minute. Yeah, they, they do, yeah. Uh, I can't stand the guy that hosts it, so I switch it off, but it seems to be a, a popular thing that they do now. And uh, talking about Star Trek Discovery, I'm really getting into that, but I haven't watched it again for... I just haven't had time, so I've actually got two episodes sitting waiting to watch on that as well. So I'm looking forward to finding some time to actually watch these things. I'll have to do it anyway this week because I've got the JVC and I need to start testing that. So there's my excuse. Um, yeah, that is my testing time is going to be um, Stranger Things and uh, catching up with Star Trek, as well as the usual test footage.
1: Are we seeing the end of binge watching now amongst some people? Then are people starting to actually finally just ration themselves a little bit? I like the I'd, option of having a couple to watch, but yeah, rarely do I now.
0: I I tend to I tend to two at a time, three three maximum, because I, I think any more than that you start to well I start to drift off um, and lose interest. Um, I, I find that that's probably the right length of time for me. I I was never one for sitting and actually binging anyway, um, so I've never I can't say I've really done that. In the past, but
3: certain things lend themselves more to binge others. I mean, Stranger Things is effectively just one big long movie, so you can watch it in a, in a prolonged sitting and not feel as if you're just watching episode after episode. But it's a continuing story. It's interesting that the uh, normally Netflix, well, Netflix themselves don't uh, um, release any numbers regarding viewing figures, but Nielsen in the states have started doing um, surveys, you know, viewing figure surveys for streaming content and for net and, and for Stranger Things too. Um, in the US, at least, over the opening weekend, so over that weekend that it became available to stream, uh, just under 16 million people watched the first episode, at least, and uh, for, nearly 400,000 people actually watched the whole thing in the first day. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, binging probably isn't as popular as maybe one it was. You're one of would. the 400,000, Steve. Yeah, I don't know if I'd include that number, I think it might just be US statistics, but uh, yeah. All right. But yeah, 15, 16 million, then, that's pretty good, isn't it? I mean, that's that's big, big numbers for a TV series.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, so, the uh, thing with House of Cards um, being cancelled, is that because of the present, the current incumbent president that we have? Uh, yeah, I mean, um, I've stopped watching it. yeah right a life leader. Yeah, I stopped at se- yeah, <laughs> season two. I
4: I've got to season four, I think. Right.
3: Which one is it on? Yeah, i I watched up to season four. I haven't seen
4: season five. I haven't seen season five. I've, season five. I've not got the edge to either.
3: No, because like, a, like, yeah, it just seems like real life is weirder now, and and it's had its t- time, and now we've got a lunatic in the White House. We don't we don't need to watch one on yeah. TV. <laughs> I think they should do what they did that you know, post um the po in the post Clinton uh, Bush era, you had The West Wing, which was kind of like a demo you know a Democrats kind of wet dream of what things would have been like if Kennedy hadn't been killed, and maybe they need to do a reactionary series now where we have a. Uh, a classier, nicer president uh, in, in fictional terms.
2: Uh, I'd, if it's Aaron Sorkin that can just sod the sod off, right, because... <laughs> oh, so what worthy. I th-
0: what I think we need, Steve, is <laughs> is Jonathan Pye on the TV. Yeah, yeah, that would be good.
3: Although the thing about Jonathan Pye is that he, I think, um, although I have seen him live, and he did, he did do a great live show, and it was very really well conceived, but um, generally... Yeah, you know, three four minutes of ranting is enough, isn't it? You couldn't do you couldn't do half an hour ranting.
0: Yeah, but but what they should do is you should give him a slot straight after the six o'clock news.
4: <laughs> and, and, and instead of the weather. In, yeah. yeah, instead yeah. of
0: the weather, you get Jonathan Pye for four minutes. <laughs> that
4: would be good value.
0: Okay, so uh, Steve enjoys Stranger Things. The rest of us are taking our time and uh, enjoying it as we go along. But it looks like it's going to be great. Um, Steve also saw an HBO documentary about Steven Spielberg. Uh, None of us, or the rest of us, have seen it, have we? No. No. So, once again, Steven uh, creating a a running order that suits him (laughs) and gives him plenty to talk, talk about.
1: And can I just also complain about the IMDb link? links to Steven Spielberg and then just brings up his work as producer. Well, <laughs> what is it the fault as that? I, I'm scrolling through and thinking, Transformers what's going on?
0: <laughs> yeah, Steve He's get, getting get, defensive get now
2: again. I just well, I, I don't blame me. Blame are finding the time to be honest. But um no I haven't watched it. I'm I mean as I say, I'm getting ready for um Master mm-hmm. Chef the Professionals But otherwise, I mean, I was disgusted to learn the other day that there are episodes of, even though it feels like I've seen every episode several hundred times, I was astonished to learn that there are episodes of Peppa Pig I haven't seen. No. Um, No, apparently. Apparently. And I was like... The lost files. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) the, the completionist in me is irrationally angry at this and is sort of determined to hunt them out. You know, just because I feel that I don't, I can't claim I've suffered enough unless I've seen every single episode of Peppa Pig ever made.
4: So How many seasons are there.
2: Oh Four, God, no! I uh, hang on, lots. Um, uh, and then then as it, it also, it's it's always it, then even when they're listed arbitrarily as, as seasons because they come out in quite sort of irregular lumps, they um. There's, there's you know there's more than that so uh, let me just uh, bring that up and uh, I say there's some Ben and Hollys I haven't seen as well but that's you know that's actually a bit of a treat I, I thoroughly enjoy Ben and Holly it's uh it's, really?
3: it's it's pretty good I don't know what you two are talking
2: about
1: well <laughs> it's you really could, good um, nah, well at the moment I've got to say I'm really enjoying still adventure time and wish fart as well <laughs>
2: 235 episodes over five seasons.
4: Five seasons, okay.
2: Um, so, yeah, living the dream. We once made uh, a
4: mistake uh, <laughs> putting Peppa Pig on season record on the TiVo, and it was full within a week. <laughs> yeah,
2: because <Yeah. laughs> um, uh, over half term, Nick Jr. Two just changed to Nick Jr. Pepper. You could watch <laughs> yeah. Pepper Pig seven days a week for twenty-one hours a day. You know they had a brief teleshopping interlude between uh, one and four p.m. one a.m. and four a.m. just to remind you that your child should sleep every now and again. It's like Vicodin yeah.
4: it for toddlers, isn't it? You could just yeah. stick them there and they're going to a tramp. <laughs> so uh,
0: yeah. So anyway, getting back to this Steven Spielberg documentary. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, where is it available Steve and where can we all go and watch it so we can discuss this next week
3: it was uh, it's available um, on Now TV it was an HBO documentary so it was shown on Sky um, presumably Sky Atlantic uh, but you can watch it on Now Now TV if you've got access to that um, it's, it's quite long, it's about 2 hours 20 minutes in total but it covers you know almost his entire career uh, and it's full of interviews with him Plus interviews with his friends, so Lucas Coppola, Martin Scorsese, Brian De Palma, Um, a lot of actors that were involved in his films over the years. Um, There's some quite funny stuff with uh, um, Liam Neeson talking about shooting Schindler's List. (laughs) You wouldn't think that would be a funny subject, but it was quite funny the way he's talking about the way that Spielberg directed him. Um, Lots of clips, obviously, from his stuff. Uh, And, uh, you know, it was just fascinating because he, you know, if you can think of another director with a Wider body of work and a successful body of work as him, both critically and commercially. I uh, probably is the single greatest, most you know, most commercially successful director. Yeah, I mean, of all time.
0: It's only recently that that you know things have started to to wane a little in terms of popularity. But then a lot of that is is some of the subject matter that he's choosing to cover, such as Lincoln. Um, it yes. didn't do particularly well. It was rather dry. It was rather um, righteous. Is that the right one?
3: Unfortunately, a couple of his last, most recent films, That and Bridges Spies, have been a bit slow and righteous and worthy. Yeah. Um, however, next year he's got Ready Player One coming out, which looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it might be a classic Spielberg. But it's just amazing, the, the body of work, the breadth of work. I mean, I'm watching it, I was thinking, like, bloody hell, that you forget some of the things he's made over the years. You know, I'd forgotten one, I'd forgotten, but I hadn't seen it in a long time. I was, and I remember th- thinking Munich was a really... Classy piece of work from him, uh, you know, on a difficult subject, and interestingly ambivalent from someone who is inherently Jewish. Um, they also, in the documentary, do like, brush over a few of his titles. <laughs> I have to say, um, that don't get I mean, always doesn't get mentioned at all. Uh, Hook doesn't get mentioned at all. Um, 1941 gets very mentioned very briefly, basically because it was a bit of a disaster at the time. Uh, he's actually he's got a great line where he goes you know because because obviously he had done Jaws and close encounters and wasn't like the golden boy and being really successful everyone kind of wanted him to fail when 1941 bombed um he says he, he said you thought i committed a war crime giving some of those reviews um he did take a lot of stick for that one but obviously came back with raiders and then et um they do cover him doing color purple which was a very strange choice for a white male jewish man to to, to adapt to a film um, given its subject matter, um, and they do some quite interesting stuff on, um, on Empire of the Sun as well. Uh, and Empire, Empire of the Sun
0: you know, again—that's another stunning piece of work. The, it's again, an amazing film. I think. Again, gets overlooked, I think. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. It does. It, it's definitely that kind of late '80s period where I think some of his work—he did some good work—but it just doesn't get uh, recognized as much. Because Empire of the Sun, I think, is a brilliant film. Uh, with an amazing performance for Christian Bale mm. um, uh, in the lead role, and uh, and, a str- and, a, and a really dark, enigmatic, yeah. downer ending. Yeah, because that shot of him, his eyes at the end, you can see that he's uh, fundamentally changed by his experiences to the point where I don't think he even showed love to his parents anymore. It's it's uh, it's, it's an unusual film from Spielberg actually, and and obviously the beginning of him becoming a more adult filmmaker that led into Schindler's List uh, and the work he's done since then. But, uh, yeah, he's he's a a very interesting guy. There's some really interesting stuff about his personal life, which, um, uh, because obviously, you know, if you watch his films, E.T. being a classic example, the the absent father is a big thing in his movies, divorced parents and absent fathers. Um, And obviously his parents were divorced, and he blamed his father for leaving his mother. It it turned out, and he didn't know this until he was in his 30s, that his father wasn't the one that left his mother. It was his mother who left his father for his father's best friend. And... uh, you know, he, for a long time he wouldn't have anything to do with his father, and his father, you know, t- kind of took the blame because he didn't think the mother was uh, capable of handling the hostility from the children. So his father, because he still loved his mother, took the blame for the divorce, even though it wasn't him that, that left. Um, so quite sad in a way that you know it wasn't until his adulthood that he managed to reconcile with his father, and he made same private rhyme for his father in that sense. So uh, yeah, it was it was really really good. Recommend it highly.
0: <laughs> do, do you need some tissues, Steve? You're alright. You blubbing away there. Yeah, I'm gonna stop crying.
1: Yeah. I need a Wii. <laughs> <laughs> Are we nearly there yet?
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, so that's uh, the issue we documentary that Steve watched bit Steven Spielberg. None of us have got access to watch now TV. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, has got now TV.
4: He? I we haven't. I've got the kids' now TV thing. I don't use now TV.
2: Now. <laughs> Did you wanna, do you want to? Do you want to something else that's quite random? I, I quite possibly uh, later on today, I might go out and purchase my first 4K screen, but it's going to fit in my pocket. So I'm still going to have a, 10, a 1080 capable
0: television, but a 4K telephone. Uh, okay. Such as, well, you're not going to go and buy an iPhone X, are you? Am I bollocks? No. Um, <laughs> there is,
2: for whatever reason, well, as the, the ongoing saga of this mobile phone that I got for cheap as an emergency, because my last phone died just before Christmas, I thought I need some, something to go to CES. And the, the lesson I can draw from this is you can buy... You can get an Android phone for bugger all, but for the love of all things holy, don't. Because it's essentially, after a year, it is utterly worn out. It gets up to about 8 million degrees when you ask it to perform any complicated processes. Um, It would appear that Tesco's has got the Sony XZ Premium for a reasonably sensible amount. So hopefully I can just tap my contract onto that. Um, but yeah, I was amused to see that it's got 4K and HDR. Yes, there's HDR, do not know. That one, yeah. Which has got, which is
1: something that my television is you, utterly
2: incapable of doing. Usually,
1: usually it says on your phone, "Do you want to cast this to your TV?" And you'll be <laughs> one in the opposite. There <laughs> you <I> go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> to be honest, that's of little concern, but it, it also crucially it has the processing power and internal memory required so that hopefully it won't be a bag of spanners to operate. So you know, that's hopefully the plan.
1: I've got an old flip Sony Ericsson in the drawer if you want it. Excellent. Well, I will say, this Sony has got,
2: um, uh, it would appear, its ability to shoot slow-mo is absolutely outstanding. This is like 960 frames for short periods of time to do ridiculous slow-mo. So that might turn out to be useful. Who knows?
0: Hodge, we need a really depressing quote to end on. What's
2: the worst that could happen?
0: Is that it? <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah. I didn't quote, it'd seem miserable. well. I don't know. I can't think. I'm not. I'm feeling quite jolly. Uh, <laughs> and on that bombshell. And on that bombshell. bombshell.
0: <laughs> uh, that's it for the performance podcast this week. My thanks to Stephen Withers.
3: It's not
4: even a code. It's
3: more of a set of guidelines and a binding ethos.
0: Mark Hodgkinson.
3: What's the worst that could happen?
0: And Sally. Arf. And Mark Borry, Wind. Hot wind that describes the podcast don't forget you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook bookmark AV forums for latest reviews news and videos and of course leave us those five star ratings on iTunes but only if you enjoyed the show but please do leave them it helps us climb up the charts we are number eight at the moment in the best podcasts for gadgets Uh, we'd like to try and climb a little bit higher so please go and give us those five star ratings so that can happen I'm Phil Hinton thank you very much for listening and we'll see you again next week